0: Welcome to another a and Do I.D. Today we're going to talk about vector-borne illnesses.
1: Ashley, what's a vector?
0: Good question. I'm so glad you asked. The most basic question, what is a vector? Vector is a usually a mosquito or a tick or an insect of some kind that transmits a disease from one living thing to another. So maybe from a deer to a human. That would be a vector-borne
1: mm. illness via
0: a tick, right?
1: So So the tick is the vector.
0: Correct. The tick is the vector. Gotcha. So the boards want us to know actually a lot of vector-borne illnesses. The first thing they want us to know, though, is prevention of vector-borne illnesses.
1: How do I prevent vector-borne illnesses?
0: So from a public health standpoint, there are lots of things they do. Like they spray for mosquitoes and they try and decrease standing water and all these things that, quite frankly, I don't even understand. But from a personal standpoint, you should wear long pants instead of like you know, short pants, long sleeve shirts,
1: capris if you will.
0: Right, no capris. Long long sleeve shirts and hats if you're out in the wilderness or hiking or out kind of in bushes and things like that where ticks live.
1: And then also make sure you spray yourself down especially if you're going to be around uh, mosquito areas. Yeah, like with DEET. DEET.
0: Okay, now that that's over, let's get into the meat of the topic vector-borne illnesses. And let's start with one that's been in the news a lot here in Indiana recently.
1: The Rocky Mountain Spotted Fever.
0: Yes, it's not something that we see a lot in Indiana, but some parts of the country see a lot of this.
1: Not the Rocky Mountains, typically.
0: I mean, it's not the first time the name of something has been completely wrong. Rocky Mountain Spotted Fever is caused by the bacteria Rickettsia rickettsii, which is basically the same word twice. Most of the time, epidemiologically speaking, this happens more summertime because that's when ticks are out and it is a tick borne illness.
1: So, usually, you're going to see a macular papular or a puritic, puritic macular rash that is typically on the wrists and ankles. They don't always have the rash, but that is something that sh- certainly should clue you in to something like Rocky Mountain Spotted Fever.
0: Actually, about 20% of cases won't have a rash, which is what happened with this case that was in the news recently. There was no rash, so they didn't really think about it.
1: it makes it a little bit more difficult to diagnose, uh-huh, but yeah. you do have to keep it on your differential.
0: This is a classic palms and soles rash. If you see that on the boards, it should be one, of, one on your differential for palms and soles
1: rash. Definitely. So these kids will also usually describe a headache and then most of the time they'll have a fever and myalgias. That's kind of a common theme throughout the vector-borne illnesses is usually there's some kind of fever and myalgias. So you have to look at other things to help clue you into the final diagnosis. On the boards when you're presented with a kid with fever, myalgias, and XYZ, the XYZ is usually what's going to help you get your diagnosis. So in this case, a rash that's on the palms and soles, ankles and wrists, Rocky Mountain Spotted Fever.
0: And they often have, classically, hyponatremia on lab tests. And they usually have some decreased cell lines in their, on their CBC. So there's some clues, both clinically and on a test, say the boards, that might clue you into it's Rocky Mountain Spotted Fever over other things. So hyponatremia would be a good a good indication for that.
1: And this is one of those that classically you're taught not to treat kids with this antibiotic. However, with Rocky Mountain Spotted Fever, what do you treat them with, Ashley?
0: Doxycycline.
1: Exactly. It's not okay to give that to kids in most cases, but with Rocky Mountain Spotted Fever, even if you suspect it, you start them on doxycycline. It's not a wait and confirm the test. It's a start them right now.
0: And remember normally doxycycline is not started on any kid under eight because of risk of teeth staining, unless you think it's Rocky Mountain Spotted Fever. And then you should give them doxy.
1: I think they get it now. Do
0: they get it? I hope so. We made it clear. You
1: guys better get it. And since we're talking about Rocky Mountain Spotted Fever, we can't leave out ehrlichiosis because they're transmitted by the same tick, and they can actually be very difficult to differentiate. Is there any way we can differentiate them, though?
0: Kind of. I think it's the best answer. The thing is, they're the same tick we just said. They're basically the same clinically, fever, myalgias, headache, maybe an encephalitis type picture, and they can have a rash, and they can have hyponatremia, and they can have cell lines like leukopenia.
1: Oh, so like the same. So
0: like almost the exact same. But they can have, uh, ehrlichiosis tends to have elevated LFTs, whereas Rocky Mountain Spotted Fever typically doesn't. Doesn't mean it can't happen, but doesn't normally. The good news is, you treat them the exact same way
1: doxycycline so who cares exactly
0: yeah if either one of these if it sounds like rocky mountain spotted fever on a test and that's not an option but uralacheosis is there you go that's your answer one point okay now we're going to talk about a pretty high yield topic actually lyme disease
1: it has two whole pages in laughing your way two two that's a lot of material
0: listen up okay because we're going to talk about lyme disease And this is not chronic Lyme, okay, for all those people who think that's a real disease. It's not.
1: Although, I was laughing because I was looking for Lyme disease in the infectious disease section, but it turns out it's in the room section, so.
0: So that will remind you that this causes arthritis. Perfect. Okay. Lyme disease is caused by Borrelia burgdorferi, which is a bacteria that is transmitted by the Ixodes tick.
1: Which usually is some kind of question somewhere that you need to know the actual tick that it's transmitted by. It's I-X-O-D-E-S. I think it's exodes. Yeah, I
0: agree. I think that's right. Perfect. It does take 36 hours to actually transmit Lyme to you. So if they come in which is a couple hours of a tick, it's not.
1: And that is actually not only a question on the boards, but a question in clinical practice is if it, somebody comes in with a tick that's only been on for a few hours, it has not had a long enough period of time to transmit the disease.
0: They don't have Lyme yet. Correct. The other thing is that another way to prevent tick-borne illnesses is to have frequent tick checks. Because, again, it takes 36 hours. So if you frequently check someone every time they come home from playing in the woods, you can prevent them from getting Lyme disease.
1: And by wearing your long pants and long shirts and hats.
0: Correct. Classically, this presents with a bullseye rash.
1: The erythema chronica migrans rash.
0: Yeah, that's for the fancy people. For the lay people, it's a bullseye. It doesn't appear all the time, though, so just because you don't have it doesn't mean they don't have it.
1: Unfortunately, you can't hang your hat on rashes in these vector-borne illnesses to clue you into the diagnosis because they may not have the rash, so you got to know a little bit more about it. What's even worse is
0: a lot of these cases, like the majority of cases of Lyme, don't even have a history of a tick bite. I mean, they, they're they not giving us anything.
1: Nope. Got to use the rest of your clinical skills.
0: Oh, man. It's too hard.
1: So what other clinical skills can we use?
0: Well, they often have kind of vague flu-like symptoms, but they classically have three organ systems that are involved. Carditis, arthritis, and neurologic symptoms. Can. Or bilateral Bell's palsy. It's neuro. That's neuro, yeah, because it's facial nerve. Yeah. So it's something... And then carditis, they can have heart block, which I've actually seen in real life. And they can have carditis, so myocarditis, things like that. And then they often have a posse articular arthritis. What does that mean? Just like a couple joints. It's not like all the joints. It's not one joint. It's like a few joints. It's usually bigger joints like the knee. Okay, David, so now I've decided I'm pretty sure they have Lyme. What do I do? How do I decide if they have Lyme or not?
1: I think that there are some tests that we can do. Okay, And I think that the one that they want you to know is a Lyme antibody EIA titer. And then they want to confirm with a Western blot. It's kind of one of those sensitivity specificity, just to throw a little biostats in for you, that I'm guessing the sensitive test is the Lyme antibody and the specific test is the Western blot.
0: Lyme antibody titer first and then a Western blot
1: to confirm. Perfect. Okay.
0: Treatment is... Spoiler alert. Doxycycline. But this is different than Rocky Mountain Spotted Fever because if they're less than eight years of age, you don't do doxy like you do with Rocky Mountain Spotted Fever.
1: What do you use instead?
0: You can do amoxicillin or sephiroxine.
1: So you actually need to pay attention to the kid's age if you think it's Lyme.
0: Correct. Because... That, they might try and trick it because doxy is easy. But amoxicillin or sephiroxime, if they're less than eight years of age, because doxy is not safe for them because of teeth problems. And the only other thing to know is that it's a little bit like syphilis.
1: Mmm, syphilis.
0: Because they can have the reaction after you start treating the Lyme called Jarish-Herxheimer reaction, which is when basically you start treating the Lyme and you bust up all over the bacteria cells, and they cause a sepsis-like picture with hypotension, and they can be pretty sick. Know that that's a possibility with Lyme as well. Sounds good. Just so everyone knows, there are a ton of tick-borne illnesses. The CDC, which I'm going to tell you right now what they have listed, there's a lot of them. According to the AAP board outline, these are not covered. But just for completeness, I just want to mention them. Anaplasmosis is tick-borne. Babesiosis, which is more kind of main uh, northeasterner states, looks a lot like malaria. Colorado tick fever. Other rickettsial diseases like the Gulf Coast tick can, can transmit rickettsiosis. Southern tick associated rash illness. Tularemia. There's a bunch of them. They all kind of are similar, but they shouldn't be on your boards. But clinically, if you're working in places that have a lot of these, you should be aware of them so that you can you can treat them appropriately.
1: I'm gonna shift gears a little bit. Stay in the vectored borne illnesses, but we're gonna change vectors from primarily ticks to more mosquitoes. These are gonna be the arboviruses. Also, not a bacteria; these are viruses. Your arboviruses are gonna present late spring, early summer. Again, same concept as your ticks. It's warm out. The you know things are breeding. There's more of them available. They can be transmitted by ticks, but more of these are often thought of as mosquito-borne illnesses. The ones that you're going to hear about are like St. Louis encephalitis, Western and Eastern equine encephalitis, West Nile, and dengue fever, and also chikungunya.
0: I love that one.
1: It's, actually it's just not going to be say. on your
0: test, but it's a cool one clinically to see.
1: These are going to be like a viral encephalitis type picture. You're going to have fever, irritability. You can have some change in mental status, hence encephalitis, and then also headaches. You're usually going to tap these kids because they're encephalopathic. They're probably going to be febrile, so you want to make sure they don't have a bacterial meningitis. Once you tap them, you're going to end up looking more like a viral or aseptic meningitis, and then you may have to look further if they had some kind of exposure.
0: There is no treatment. You're going to basically support them and hope they get better. It kind of sucks.
1: It does. Wear your
0: DEET and your clothes, like we talked about.
1: Yeah, wear your clothes. Moral of the story.
0: (laughs) No shirt, no shoes. Encephalitis. Exactly. (laughs) All right, well, I think that's all of them.
1: Pretty much.
0: I mean, the ones that the boards care about.
1: Clinically, there's a lot more, that's about all we got for you for our vector-borne illnesses. We were supposed to do viral illnesses part two, but we just didn't feel like it today. So next time you'll get...
0: Shockingly, it. Ashley and David had a little, like, squirrel kind of <laughs> symptomolo- symptomology going on. Is that a word? Yeah,
1: it can't be right now. Expect viruses part two next time. So, like, mumps and measles and rubella and stuff like that. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs>